Blog Talk Radio. Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Who are the unstoppable ones? Is it just that they can do it and I can't? Mission Unstoppable. Mission Unstoppable. The Unstoppable Ones. You did say unstoppable, right? right? You did say unstoppable, right? What is it they know that I don't? Coach Frankie Picasso takes you on Mission Unstoppable. Anyone stop these people? Wow, I don't know. I don't think so, though. Good evening. I am the unstoppable Frankie Picasso, and you are about to go on another Mission Unstoppable. Tonight is the season finale of Mission Unstoppable, but don't worry, I will be back next year. And I've already have shows booked into March, so you'll be meeting some very interesting individuals in the future, just as you will be tonight. I want to wish you in advance a very safe, happy, and healthy holiday, and a happy new year. You know, Dan and I usually go see a movie every Sunday, and and this past Sunday was no different. Except this week, what we saw was an exceptional film, and it seems that Clint Eastwood is leaving his legacy with the world, and what he is saying is racism doesn't work. He said it with Gran Torino, and he's saying it a little bit louder again with what I'm sure is going to be a blockbuster movie, his movie called Invictus starring Morgan Freeman and Matt Damon. Now, this is a movie your whole family can watch together. And although it's a little long, maybe a little bit over two and a half hours, it certainly is a movie that you can talk about over the holidays as you think about peace toward all men. My guest this evening is a woman who in her own right has been looking for peace. She's been trying to change the way corporate America views their employees, and she hopes to have a positive impact as she unravels the internal destructive competitiveness within. Stay tuned, stay close, and all will be revealed. If you are joining us on Tuesday, December the 14th, then you are listening to the live version of Mission Unstoppable Radio. The time is 8 in Toronto, 7 in Chicago, 5 in Los Angeles. Please feel free to join us either in the chat room or, better yet, call into the show and speak to my guest, voice your opinion. The number to call is 646-595-3741. I'd like to thank the good folks here at Blog Talk Radio for allowing me to broadcast over their network, and I'd especially like to thank you, you know who you are, for tuning in to me each and every week. My guest this evening is Susan Ray Baker. She's a life and business coach, motivational speaker, award-winning author of The Last Box, and nationally known expert for thestreet.com and smallbizamerica.com. Susan has also appeared on nationally known radio talk shows speaking about topics such as how to attract and retain great employees, retaining employees without spending money, burning down silos, and tearing up turf wars, and the top 10 signs you are in the wrong job. Susan holds her coaching certification through the Certified Coach Alliance, CCA, and she's also a member of the International Coach Federation, as well as a member of the International Speakers Network. She says that her goal is to bring forth positive change in people who would otherwise remain stuck in a rut of indecision. Her aspiration in life is to help people become what they were designed to be so that they can live a happy, fulfilling, and successful life. And one of the ways she's accomplishing this is through her latest books, Defining Moments, A Gathering of Women's Journeys, as well as her third book, Stepping Stones to Success, a book that she's co-authoring alongside of Deepak Chopra, Jack Canfield, and Dennis Waitley. So please welcome Susan Ray Baker to Mission Unstoppable Radio. Good evening. Hi, Susan. Good, good evening, Frankie. Thank you so much for having me with you tonight. I'm definitely looking forward to um, hopefully helping a few people tonight if I can. 
Yeah, that would be great. You know, it's, it sounds like we are really on the same page. And so, we, we, you know, we should engage in some great conversation here. Your your book, The Last Box, A Woman's Guide to Surviving Corporate America, you sent me that book. And I was wondering if you t- could just share with folks, what precipitated you to write that book? Where were you in your in your life, in your career, when, when you sat down to write that book? Well, basically, the the point of my career I was at, um, let's just say I had it about had it <laughs> with, <laughs> with, with the career path that I was on. Um, basically, you know, looking back, I have done many, many things. I have had uh, two two careers that were very long, one in healthcare and one in the financial services industry, um, and, and specifically uh, banking. Mm-hmm. Uh was a VP and branch manager, and I've done enough, you know, many management positions through uh, either large commercial banks or small community ones. And, uh, you know, by the time I reached the final the final stop in my yeah. journey uh, with banking, I, I had come to this realization that, you know, two things. Number one, I was always doing something that I knew I could do well mm-hmm. and I knew how to do, um, and I could do a really good job at it, but it wasn't what I was really designed to do. Mm-hmm. I've been a caregiver all my life. I love helping people. I can, I, you know, I'm good at managing people. I've raised four children, so you've got to be a pretty good manager to do that <laughs> uh, and, and stay organized and keep your sanity. Um, but there was something missing. And alongside of that, I kept running into the same people, the same personality types. No matter where I went, and you know, you you walk away each day from from a difficult situation or a difficult day, you know, just with your head spinning and wondering, is it me? Mm-hmm. You know, is it is it me? Do it? Am I you know a, a bad impact on people as I go through you know from job to job? Or what is this? Why are you attracting these same folks in the workplace? <laughs> yeah, really, and it's just well, wait a minute. But it, it, I realized what was wrong at the last job. And when I walked away from that one, uh, that final walk with your box full of personal belongings mm-hmm. from your desk through the office, it, I, I call it the walk of humiliation. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it can be one of pride as well, if you, especially if you had found a better job with a better pay and better hours and yeah. all the right things so that you could be proud, you know, proud of yourself and say, hey, goodbye, you know, good luck. But it's the walk of humiliation, the one whereby everybody's looking at you and saying, hmm, I wonder what she did wrong. Well, and, and it's, it's, it's the escort. It's like, oh, okay, so you're going to go postal or something. And that too, and that too. And I remember, you know, I, I even said, please don't pack my box for me. Mm-hmm. Let me do that. You know, you can stand there if you want. <laughs> I don't care yeah. if you're watching, but let me pack my own things. Yeah, just in case you take an extra staple with you or something. <laughs> yeah, right. And uh, you know, and then to walk in to, to go and get my things and have my box all ready for me. You know, it, it's yeah. just um, it, it's, it's rude, it's, and, and it's it shows rude. no respect for you. Yeah, and, it's and great. you know. And and I think that's probably, you know, you and I are probably, you know, from the same era. And I think that things have changed in, in business that there is no respect. And I think that we learned probably early on 
that no matter how hard you work for a company, the company is never going to be there for you. At the right. end, it's, it's, you know, every man for himself. Pretty and, much. Yeah. And, right. and unfortunately, it's a tough lesson to learn because you think, oh, I'm going to work, you know, these 80 hours, these 100 hours a week and, and do all of this stuff. But really, in the end, they'll turn on you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was going to be my next point because I was able to, well, let, let me, I'll finish that, that yeah. final day. Uh, I took my box and I left and, and I got in the car and I just sat there for a minute and all I really wanted to do was cry. Sure. Yeah, that's all I really wanted to do was cry. Uh, I had nobody to talk to about it, right? Yep. Except calling my husband eventually and saying, well, I'm on my way home. <laughs> you know? um, but I got home. And I put the box on the floor of the garage, and I wouldn't look at it. Okay, I real, I just did not want to address the box at that moment. And the next day, I went out there, and I just stood there, and I looked at it, pointed my finger at it, and I said, that's the last box. Mm-hmm. That was the turning point in my life where I said, you know, I am so done with this. Or, I'm just done with it. I'm not going to allow this to happen again. And I had to search my soul and try to figure out, is it me? Is it them? And I, I started realizing the pattern. And here's, here's the pattern. Now, I'm, you know, when I wrote the book, I also, in many chapters, when I describe these different personality types, men and women, mm-hmm. okay, that I always put the disclaimer out there that, hey, you know, I might offend somebody here, but if you find yourself in my book, Mm-hmm. And one of the people I described, you need to take another look at yourself, okay, and and figure out who you might be offending, who you might be hurting along your own journey, and and correct it, change yourself. I've had many women buy this, walk away. I was at a, a conference one time, and this one woman uh, bought my book. The next day, she came back on the second day, and she walked over to me and she said, she said, you have no idea. I love your book. She said the chapter about the HR diva. <laughs> she said, I was in HR. That was me. That wow. was me. She recognized herself. Now, I've known many people you know, in an HR role that are wonderful people. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying everybody in HR is horrible, okay? No. What I'm saying is there are some who have developed a I'm more powerful than anybody attitude. Yeah. Okay, and, and if they've been there for a long time, they've developed relationships with people under them. And so if you're under that person, okay, you don't have a fighting chance of having a decent conversation with HR. Not even a chance. So what do you, you propose know, to people to do? I mean, we you, okay, we'll go through some of these personalities because I think it's important to sure. do that. But at the same time, you know, let's have a strategy. It, it can't just be, well, we have mm-hmm. to leave because you have to work. You have to work with them. Absolutely. So, you got to so, figure out, how am I going to do this? How do I handle yeah. this going forward? First, you've got to realize, are you cut out for, you know, working in that type of environment again, or are you entrepreneurial? Right. You know, there are tests you can take, uh, personality profiles you can take, career profiles you can take. You need to explore and examine and figure out, where you are at in your life, are you happy with what you've been doing despite the people? Do you like what you do? Or is there something else you need to be doing that would make that would be more fulfilling and make you happier? 
Now, the second part is if you're going to stay out there and work for another company, a large organization, you're going to find these people again. How do you handle it this time? Mm-hmm. Okay, so for instance, um, the hidden agenda queen. Mm-hmm. She was everywhere I've been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everywhere. And you can identify these people pretty quickly. Um, they steal your ideas. Yeah. They minimize your creativity. They'll listen to you and then shut it down. Okay, they make it exciting in the beginning and say, oh, yeah, great idea. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, right, good, good, good. They might try to micromanage you and try to change your idea around to fit their style and their need. But ultimately, if it was a great idea, they're going to say, oh, good idea. And before you know it, they've taken it and run with it. And you don't yeah. get any credit. Yeah, I had a boss like that. I mean, I, I only spent seven years in, in corporate um because I've always been an entrepreneur. But it was it was a good seven years. It was. It was interesting and, and fun. But, you know, I did have a boss who always liked to take the idea. And, and I thought, okay, well, you know what? You're my boss. I guess you get to take the idea. You're allowed to? <laughs> you know, I don't think. You know, honestly, it doesn't give anybody permission. I don't care what your title is. To, to steal somebody else's creativity and, and their ideas and thoughts. Um, the other part is you know, try to... Dig around and find out how long the people around you have been there. Yeah. Because typically what develops are silos and turf wars. Um, you get a little click going on, especially with the women. Yeah. Okay, unfortunately, we're very, we can be very catty, and they develop little clicks, and they become really, really good friends. Okay, so when, when the next gal walks through the door, the guy and – you know, uh, they take one look at you. Maybe you're a good-looking person. Maybe you dress really well. Maybe, um, you know, they've read through your resume. They've been introduced to you, and they know that, you know, this woman could possibly steal my job. Mm-hmm. Okay? In other words, you you are a walking threat. threat. Yeah. yeah. You're the new threat, and they do everything to help keep you down at the level where they want you. And eventually, if they really think you're a threat, they're going to help you leave. Mm-hmm. No matter it, how long it takes, they will find a way to help you leave. So if you're starting to feel like no matter how hard you work or how great a job you're doing, that you're not moving along at the pace you should be moving along at, you're not getting the recognition, okay, people are kind of, you know, shying away from you. They're not really interacting more than they absolutely have to. Start, you know, soul searching. Mm-hmm. You know, go home, think about this, and, you know, you, you can dig around a little bit too. Usually you're not the only one suffering. And it happened to me in the last job too. It was quite interesting because um, another woman entered the branch that I was in, and I hadn't been there for very long, and she came to right into my office and and uh we we got along fine and before I knew it she's back in my office and she said you know Susan she said I just want to let you know that I am so thrilled to have met you and I'm waiting okay what's coming next you just yeah. got here okay and she said but I have to tell you that I've already been written up on final warning what yeah, and she hadn't been there that long. 
and this person was waiting for her own branch to be developed. And I, I looked at her, and she said, so I, I'm, I'm leaving. She said, I'm going to leave. And I just sat there, and I let her talk to me and, you know, kind of counseled her. And I said, well, you know, be, before you just jump ship, have you considered what you're going to do next? Mm-hmm. Where are you going? You know, she was so upset and so angry at her situation, she didn't even have plan B. Yeah. And so she slowed down enough. Well, the interesting part is after I left, within the last two years, Frankie, okay, within the last two years, um, I still bank with that bank. I still have my accounts mm-hmm. there. And every once in a while I'll meet up with somebody else that I knew to find out that someone I worked with has gone as well. And, by the way, that person did leave. You know, it's interesting. It's interesting um, in the financial sector because when I was, um, I used to teach coaching, and, and and one of the one of the things I found was that the banks were probably one of the first industries to embrace coaching, mm-hmm. you know, internal coaching, and and so you think there there should be a history of of um, innovation and and you know wanting. So where's the people that hired you? Where are they in all of this? You know, obviously they needed an employee, so we're, right. how come they're not, they're not your champion? Exactly. Well, you know, unfortunately for me, what I was hired to do was a pilot project. And I realized that I, I was in deep trouble when I was asked to um, develop my own um, job description. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> I was there. I've done that, too. <laughs> my own Wait a minute. Okay, yeah. I know this is a new pilot program, but how come you all didn't figure that out? Uh-huh. How can you hire somebody with a decent salary, you know, and yeah. tell them you're going to do X? Well, I also happen to know that doing X, everybody else is doing it too. Yeah. Okay, because in most banks and, and companies like that, everybody's incented somehow, you know, usually monetarily to bring in new accounts. Right. My primary job was to bring in New accounts. So everybody okay. felt threatened. Their pocketbook was being threatened by you. Well, thank you. Every, yeah. You know, it, it didn't make any sense, but yeah. I went along with it, and I used my creativity, blah, 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 and eventually was asked to do this. I had to get up, and I gave this presentation. I got all kinds of pat on the backs for it, and, uh, you know, it, it just didn't matter. It's like I designed this whole thing. And I was told, we don't expect you to produce for the first six months. Hmm. But I, I wanted to get out there and be productive, so I was. I was bringing in new accounts, but I was bringing in the business loan first. I found that need first, which usually brings the account with it. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's usually you know the way it goes. Um, the training that I was promised was little or nothing. And every time it was, you know, Posted, I had to drive almost two hours to get there, and then it was canceled or it was canceled prior. In other words, all the training I needed was constantly being canceled. Now, were you a direct report to anybody in that branch, or were they like a head office? Yes, Yes, that was the other mistake they made, is they made me uh, reporting to the branch manager, and I I should have been on the same level. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I should have not had anything to do with the branch yeah. manager other than coming in saying I need to talk to, you know, your your CSRs, whatever, and 
you know, come up with a plan for them to talk to you know customers when they come to the counter. But what sounds what it seems to me is that the whole business model within within the branch should have changed the monetary model so that to enable you to do your job. Correct. Correct. I, I don't I didn't need to be handheld. I've done this for yeah. many years. You know, just let me go. But not just you, do. not just you, but but everybody because they mm-hmm. should have just taken the threat away. It doesn't matter what Susan brings in, it's not going to take away from the commissions that you're earning. It's not right. going to affect you. Or, you know, if she brings in money, it's more money for you. you exactly. Know? So they exactly. should have enabled like, you. Yeah. Right. You, you definitely you want to work alongside Susan. You want to, you know, because yeah. you're still going to get, you know, a bonus or whatever it is they were offering. Yeah. So yeah. They, they just didn't have it all together. Um, I have found out shortly after I left they did away with the position altogether. Yeah, so, that didn't work, did it? No, their their program, you know, um, it wasn't worth having. But, it you know, was, I found in recent years that, you know, when I first started in the corporation um, and I worked in public service, that everybody was, hi, how are you? Good to, good morning. It's so great yes. to see you. And by the yes. end time I laughed, it, nobody said good morning anymore. Nobody right. even said, you know, looked at you anymore. And And mm-hmm. that was, you know, the corporate culture was changing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, definitely. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know, everybody treats you like gold. I remember my first week uh, at this particular bank. Um, all those women that I'm talking about. Now, are these the ugly people that you're talking about? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> those the ugly people's club. Mm-hmm. That's the one. And um, they they surrounded me and they did the right thing. They said we we want you to come out to lunch and you know meet so and so and so and so. And I felt very accepted. And I went along with that little routine, okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, they they had an agenda. Yeah. And they were they had their own little ugly people's club going there, and uh, I really was not accepted. They were just going through the motions because they were told, "I want you all to spend time with Susan. I want you all to, you know." Mm-hmm. So they were doing what they were told. Okay, yeah. without any intention to really bring me into the fold. Now, the other thing I was just thinking of, and, and many, many corporations are making this mistake. When you talk about coaching or ongoing training, mm-hmm. here was the other mistake they made. They sent us out to a training program. It's about communication skills. <laughs> 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 and it was by a very good company. And, uh, you know, I, I went to this this seminar, and I got into the room, went to pick out my seat, and the minute I walked through the door, I realized that the branch manager I worked under was there. And I thought, wait a minute, how can you talk to people who work under her Uh that report to her, how can you speak openly about communication issues within your workplace if they have management there? And so this woman did a fabulous job. She got up, and I am usually very interactive. My mm-hmm. hand will be up all the time to answer questions. And after the first break, I went up to her, and I very softly said, look, um, this is not going to work well, <laughs> okay? Yeah. I'm not sure why they have managers in this room. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't expect me to put my hand up. Don't expect me to speak out where I normally would. And you may not get a lot of interaction because that person's here. And I think that was the biggest mistake they could have made. She said, well, you're absolutely right because I realized that. 
And she said, I understand. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they should have had a separate seminar for management level only. Yeah. They really should have. Although so, it was an opportunity for her then to 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 teach communication and, and you know, because you should be able to talk to your manager. Right. And your manager should be able to talk to you. And, and there there is always a place in the hierarchy where the communication stops. So it, it might have been an opportunity, but, you know, maybe not the right time or the right place. Yeah, there, there were just too many um, group little workshops within that seminar yeah. where you had to get in there. And, you know, I ended up in the same group as her at one point. Um, it just makes it very difficult to open up and actually state where you're having difficulties. Yeah. Well, you know what I did in that situation? Because we had that with a senior management group, and and so I had um, BlackBerry come in and set up. We had a giant screen, and everybody was given a BlackBerry with my email address on it. And so they could anonymously ask questions through the BlackBerry, which would show up on a great big screen, uh, you know, these these issues without them being pegged. And it was great. That's, That's a great idea. But they didn't have it structured that way, so it was really, you know, the bank had wasted a lot of money. Yeah, well, they do, don't they? Yep, <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> they got lots of money to waste. And I'm yeah. thinking on the way home, I could have done that. <laughs> yeah, <that>. exactly. <laughs> but um, you know, these are just some of the the pitfalls that. So I'm a new I'm a new employee, and I'm pretty young in the business, and I come in, and and so now you've warned me that you know there's going to be this this click this club that's going to you know, right. do everything they, in their power to, you know, disarm me and get me out of there because mm-hmm. they're a little bit afraid of me. What, you know, let's talk about some strategies. What should we do? Well, you I, know, I, I need the job. Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, again, first you have to make make absolutely sure you're doing something that you're passionate for so that you're not struggling through this in, in more than one way. Yeah. But start, you know, keep your eyes and ears open at all times. Okay, so that you can identify what's going on. A lot of people are just clueless in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, they show up, they do their job, they go home, and they have no idea what's going on behind their back. Although, if you sensitize yourself to it, you'll feel it in your gut. Well, okay. is the workplace a place to have friends? I don't think anyone should make close friends with somebody in the workplace, no. Yeah. Um, and when you start sharing personal information, which is easy to do. Yeah, real easy. Very easy to do. And start buddying up with people. You really don't know what their agenda is going to be down the yeah. road. Maybe they actually would love your job, so maybe they're going to help take that personal information and ruin what you have yeah. to make room for themselves. Um, it's just well, there's not a reason they didn't hire from within. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. You know, the other thing is if you can figure out if there are a lot of people who have been there for a long time, mm-hmm. you're not going to be in the best of situations. And you know the old saying, you know, get get closer to your enemies? Yeah, yeah. That's what you have to do. But without stepping on their toes because many times they really don't want any more members of their club. Yeah. Okay, unless you're going to play – the same game. Yeah, who wants to be ugly? And and who wants to be ugly? And and a lot of the members of that group are somebody else I spoke about, and, there, and those are the no-lifers. Yeah. Okay, so their entire life is 
that workplace and that job and that little click. That's yeah. their whole life. And they work too many hours. They invest too much time in the workplace. They take it all home with them. They're working on it on the weekends, through the night. I can't tell you how many women I've known. And it was almost as if they were. Well, they're tripping uh, on it. They're tripping on that. Like you're talking about the power it. tripper. They're, they're exactly, tripping on Exactly, the power tripper. They are tripping out on, on the, this is their whole life. And this yeah. is sad. This is sad that all they have is that job and all well, they have important yeah well it's, is, it's a good right. opportunity for us to tell people that your job is not who you are right so your self-esteem shouldn't be wrapped up in it it's Absolutely. just what you do and, and yeah you know devoting most of your energy and time to the workplace uh when you're getting paid for x number of hours yeah okay um you're taking away from your other friendships outside the workplace you're taking away time from your family, from your spouse if you're married, or your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever your relationship Children, is. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, rounding yourself not... out as a interesting individual. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. so you're you know, you're taking away from, you know, the relationships that can nurture you. People that really absolutely care about you or waiting at home for you. Okay? And instead, you're just constantly putting it, the effort into work, hoping that they're going to recognize you and keep elevating you to the next level. And, you know, I've seen it. Yeah. And it's it hard. It's just horrible to see how people can waste that kind of time and energy and ruin their personal lives. You know, when I first started working in the government, I got, they go, here's your pager, here's your phone, always have it on. <laughs> And always be ready to answer it. I'm like, right. I don't think so. No, good for you. Well, that that reminds me of a talk I went to, and the woman, um, oh gosh, it, the whole discussion was for women, and she, oh gosh, it just escaped me what what the topic was. But the one of the women who raised her hand, you know, said to to this gal who was a speaker that. Um, I think the question was, you know, how many hours are you answering the cell phone after you go home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This gal was a single mom with kids, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, that's exactly what she did. And this speaker said to her, why? Yeah, turn it off. Why are you doing this? And she's and she said, because I'm afraid that if I don't answer the cell phone, that I'll get fired. And I think every other woman in that room yeah. was aghast. They're like, hey, girl, it's time for you to wake up. Uh-huh. If if a job means having to be available 24-7 and you're getting paid for a 40-hour work week, yeah, you better exactly. start getting some help because you're not thinking clearly. Okay, you're throwing your whole life at this, and you're actually allowing it to bring fear and anxiety into your life. Yeah, good point. That's that's not fair. That no workplace should ever do that to you, and no workplace should ever require you to answer the phone after you leave for the day. The other part about having this great technology with laptops that are assigned, where you have a computer, and if you've got your work program loaded in there, the one thing you should never ever do is email someone that you report to on off hours during the middle of the night, early, mm-hmm. super early in the morning, 
Because what it says to them is, I'm available. Mm -hmm. That you are available any time of the day or night. Use me. (laughs) Use me, please. I love being beat up. I love being used. (laughs) How many people really want to be used? I mean, it's kind of, you know, in principle, it's like, oh, my gosh, I got, you know, I'm, I'm making, you know, $100,000 a year. I'm on a salary. Yeah, but being on a salary means that they just get to use you for another 200 hours. Yeah, well, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it just, uh, well, I want to demonstrate to them that I'm a team player. Yeah, yeah. You're not, this is not being a team player. This is, <laughs> this is going beyond the call of duty, and you're not going to get the rewards you deserve for doing that. No. Okay, no. they're just going to use you and allow you to work all you want and still get the same paycheck. Yeah. Great, right? great for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, those are a few things that you have to do. But when it comes to just surviving all, all those personality types, you have to start, you know, recognizing first and figure out who you've got around you. Who are you surrounded by? And how are you going to get along with them? Okay, and not allow them to pull the rug out from underneath of you. Not allow them to use you as a doormat. Um, if one of the surefire ways of knowing if someone's jealous of you is when you walk through the door and they're all of a sudden they go from regular talking down to a, a soft whisper, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. kind of they see you coming and then they look the other way. No, right away something's not good. That this is not good news. Yeah, they're talking about you. So right. do you acknowledge it? Do you ignore it? You, I think you know the best thing to do when when it's getting to the point where you know that this is getting uh, to be very disturbing. You need to really address that person. You need to ask for some time. You need to sit down, shut the door, mm-hmm. and actually, if you stand up, it gives you more power. Yeah. Let that person sit first. You stand. And if they say have a seat, say that's okay. I prefer to stand. It gives you more power. Yeah. Okay. Wear your power suit that day. <laughs> Wear well, something that makes you feel suit. good. Yeah. Wear your black pinstripe suit and a crisp white shirt collar. Yeah. You know, look, look really good. But, you know, get the power going for you. Don't let them minimize you by sitting in a chair where you sink. Oh, I yeah. hate that. All of a sudden, I feel shorter than I really am. Yeah. Uh, all these little things. You know, Absolutely. if your hair is not going right for you that day, <laughs> whatever, if you're not feeling really good about yourself yeah. and you're not prepared and you don't make those power moves, they're going to make them on you first. You know, and, and what's really interesting is that these are people who are afraid. These are people who are living in fear of you. Right. So when you take when you take the authority to address them, you're actually mm. taking your power back. So that's okay. kind of cool. Absolutely. And you need to just be just say, look, you know, I, I'm just going to take a few minutes of your time, but I, I really have to say that I'm feeling very uncomfortable lately. Yeah. And and I just noticed that, you know, when I show up, you know, people are walking the other way, people get quiet. What's going on? Yeah. Is there something what is it you I don't need? like about me? What is it about me that threatens you? Wait, you know what? You don't even have to, you don't even have to put that out there yet. Just say, yeah. you know, what is it that I need to know here? Uh-huh. What do, you know? Well, we don't like you, Susan. We want you to go. <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, once you do that, you're going to find them stammering and stuttering, yeah. and the jaw is going to drop, and they're 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 not going to look you directly in the eye. 
Yeah, because they're yeah they're, they're, they're going to be they're, they're going to be a mess because they think they're so smart and so powerful and so clever that they can hide this from you while they're plotting and planning. But if you catch them up in it soon enough and address the situation and just say, look, I really am feeling uncomfortable here lately. I don't know what the problem is. Um, I know I'm working very hard. I know I'm doing my job. I'm reaching my goals, whatever it is. But I'm sensing that something's not right because when I walk through that door, I'm no longer treated the way I was when I started here. People are whispering behind my back, what is it that I need to know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? Take the power play. When when you mention that other person is actually afraid of you, here's a prime example. When I lost that last job, I, I, get, I get the email saying when to show up at HR. Mm-hmm. All right? No conversations prior to that, right? When to show up, and I'm thinking, what? Well, you know what that means. That's the kiss of death. Yeah. All right? That means, uh, you know, show up and, you know, whatever, don't go, don't go to the office. Well, you know what? I had had it. I walked out of my office, and, and the manager just happened to be in the vestibule, the branch. And when she saw me, I thought she was going to die. Her eyes got big as saucers. And I walked right up to her. And I looked her, I looked her square in the eye, and I said her name. I said, "What's going on?" And she became a shaking mess. Wow! And she took me into her office, and I shut the door, and I stood there, and I said, "Why did I get that email? What's going on? What have you not told me?" And she said, "Well, I'm really not allowed to say." I said, "Yes, you are." I have a right. Here we go. Okay, if you're taking notes, anybody, here you are. Yeah. You have a right to know what to expect and why you are going there. This one's your manager. She has to know. Thank you, because she's the one that created the problem. Exactly. HR just doesn't call you out of the blue. They okay? don't know who you are. <laughs> no. As far as they know, you're the best thing that ever walked the earth, okay? Yeah, yeah. But somebody else doesn't like you. They're going to try to find a way, and it takes time. They'll build up a case. Yeah. Okay? They will build up a case. Um, so the, your best defense, when you, if you do have to reach that horrible moment when you get that stupid email, you couldn't just get a letter. You could. Why didn't she say, hey, Susan, can you come over to my office for a few minutes? Yeah, and how, come she never, how come she never said, you know, but prior right. to that, you know what, Susan, we're having some problems, we're having some issues, can we right. address them? Right. Well, I had had talks with them before and trying to find out, you know, how I can, uh, who's going to go out with me. I, I I didn't need to be handheld, but they didn't want me to go out without anybody. I, I used to be a level above this person. Yeah. I had my own branch. <laughs> yeah. I think I knew what to do. But nobody was available to go with me, and uh, it was just, you know, it was very poor management all the way around. And then on top of it, this person would micromanage everybody. Uh, it was sad. I tried to do a marketing uh, thing one day and, and just bring in all kinds of good food and stuff. I had a chamber event, right, that mm-hmm. I planned. And because the manager was always the one to decorate the branch, 
for uh-huh. every occasion. When I brought all my stuff in, do you think anybody offered to help me carry stuff in? <laughs> I had to ask for help, and then I set it up, and and one of the girls of course says, you know, so and so usually puts that here, and so and blah blah blah. And in other words, I went out for a while, I came back, and things were moved. Oh my gosh, things were moved. So did you have yeah. you ever gone back? Have you did you ever you know call call the the corporate head office or the company and say you know I, I've got a wonderful program for your brand. <laughs> Well, I, I do, and the fun part is, over the past two years, I'm in direct contact by email with the president of the bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the person is, and the per- oh, oh, oh I'm getting some echo. Hello? I, I can still hear you. All right, I'm getting a horrible echo on this end. How are you? Yeah, okay, I don't know what see, happened. Let me refresh the, let me just see if I can refresh. Okay. See if that helps you. Is it any better? Uh, no, it's still echoing. Yeah. Well, you can call back in if you want. Yeah, maybe I'll hang up and call right back in. So hold on to that thought. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to wait for Susan to call back in. I mean, this creates opportunities for you if, if, you know, to make lemonade out of lemons. It really is um, a wonderful thing to do. Yeah, I I hear that echo too now that she's off. I wonder what happened. So it's, it's something that you can think about when you're at work and you do get fired and the reasons for you getting fired. Um, it's important because management doesn't always know. You know, the management of the branch knew, but the CEO or the president of the of, of the bank and, and the vice president and the other people who are involved in, in the hiring of Susan even um, were probably not aware of the situation. And so, you know, it's not that you're going to go run and tattle, but it's, it's an opportunity because everybody wants their business to be a lot better. So it's an opportunity to bring to the attention uh, of those who do want that. Um, here we go. Let's see if we can't bring her in. There we are. Oh, back. There we are. Right. Okay, that's better. I don't know what happened. Yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually in, in direct contact with the president of the bank, and I've sent him a number of things, and we've had some wonderful emails at least. Uh, he's a, again a couple hours away from here, but um, and I've also been in direct contact with their human capital um, specialist. So uh, truly. You know, if I wanted to um, really rattle a few cages, mm-hmm. I think it would be hysterical if I were to do a leadership training seminar and have the people who helped me leave show up. Yeah, it'd be awesome. I, you know, I, and, and, and it's just so apropos. It really is. It I, is. I was just telling folks when you're off air about, you know, it's, it's not like you've gone to tattle. It's, it's like you're making lemonade out of lemon. And, yes. I was, you know, 20-some-odd years ago, I was sitting in a restaurant and had the worst service of my life. And being a customer service expert, I, I, you know, at the end of the meal, I, the waitress had practically thrown everything at me, and she told me what I was allowed to, you know, order and what I wasn't. I said, Ooh. you know, we're going to have a soup and we're going to share. A oh, you're not allowed to do that. Well, mm. who says I'm not allowed to do that? <laughs> anyway, so at the end of the meal, I went to the manager and said, you know, I have a wonderful program that I think you might be interested in because I think your staff need, you know, to understand what it is to to be in the customer service industry. And how you know I turned it around is that these these individuals, waiters, waitresses, whatever, are entrepreneurs, and mm-hmm. and because their earnings are in direct you know proportion to how they treat their customer, right. and 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 so even in in your business in the banks, you can turn this around, and it's a great opportunity yeah. for those who want to become entrepreneurs. <laughs> later on. Exactly, and I have to tell you, here's the other thing that you need to do if this happens to you, um, you know, don't be afraid 
to speak up. After I had my my day with HR, and uh, I stood up for myself mm-hmm. because everybody else, you know, said what they wanted to and bailed, mm-hmm. all right, before I could, you know, get them to really dig with me. Um, I, I told the HR rep what I felt was going on and what I had been through and made sure I got plenty of severance pay. Mm. Okay? Now, the next step I did is I went home and I thought the most therapeutic thing I can do for me and help the bank in the long run, I sat down and I wrote out exactly everything that transpired. I mm-hmm. had made copies of every email to prove my point about what I was going through and sent it all to her in a certified letter. And then I did the same thing to the president of the bank, and that is how I gained his recognition and friendship. He sent me back a wonderful letter thanking me. And well, that, yeah, because he wants his bank to be the best there is. Exactly. And, you know, to help him understand where his turf wars were, where his silos were, and it was keeping, it was holding the bank back from mm-hmm. being productive. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely holding them back. I mean, these things do. If, if you can't all work together, that's not good. No. It's just not good. So, you know, the, that's my advice to, to anybody out there, uh, men and women alike, that, you know, you've got to make sure you're in the right career. Um, when you get to that new job, or even if you're in it right now and you're not feeling that things are quite right, start tuning in. Ears and eyes open at all times, okay? Watch body language, okay? Learn how to, you know, you can go online and read about how to detect certain things with body language, Mm -hmm. all right? It's really important. Um, And start figuring out who your enemies are. If you can't get closer to them, okay, start figuring on the next strategy. How do I protect myself, number one? And number two, do I want to stay in this? Mm-hmm. Have a plan B. Have a plan B. While this is going on, you better be online looking for the next best job. Um, but, again, when you get there, the same thing could happen. So you okay. have to be very aware of the, the different personality types that I described in my book and uh, figure out how you're going to either get along with them or or make the, the choice to move on. If you are dealing with someone who is giving you a rough time. You need to be straight up, straightforward with them and sit down and have that or stand up over, have that conversation so that they understand that, you know what, they're not getting away with this. Mm-hmm. You're very much in tune to what they are doing. And that'll hopefully, you know, if if that doesn't work, you have to go to the level above them. And, and that's the best you can do. Just keep going up to the level above. If people aren't listening to you, you go to the top. Yeah. You go straight to the top. It's funny how, how so many people are afraid of the top. Yeah. And, and yet, so, <laughs> it's not a scary yeah. place. It really isn't. And, it, and no. it's important to, you know, to see them as, as uh, and I think, you know, um, as real people, and, and I think, a lot of ways business is getting away from that hierarchical model and becoming more facilitative and more, you know, across the board so so that they are more accessible to people. So mm-hmm. management, senior management, 
um, seem more like the mentor than, you know, my right. dad. <laughs> yeah, I was going to uh, yell at you and tell you what to do. Absolutely. I, I just think, you know, you have to be very honest with them and, and, and just let them know. Say, so, you know, uh, tell them what's going on down below them because they usually don't know. They're yeah. so far up, you know, up there that they don't know what's going on below. Uh, make them aware and just say, look, you know, what's going on here is a great disservice to the company because I'm working hard, you're paying me to do this job, and people are holding me back. Mm -hmm. Is there another office I can work out of? Is there a a lateral move we can make here? I mean, for some reason, these people or person sees me as a threat, and this is going to hold me back from doing the best I can for you. You see what I just did? Yeah. I'm not I'm not just complaining. You you better be ready to come in with yeah, you a got solution. solution. Yeah. yeah. You have to Absolutely. have a solution to the problem. You know, w- what you're thinking is going to be the best move on your behalf and on behalf of the company. Um you know, it's you can't be afraid of the people up there. You have to remember that they're human beings just like you. Yeah. Just like you and you just get more money. Yeah, I, I forgot <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you know, and some of them rightly so, others yeah. maybe not. Yeah. Um, but I, I forgot who, who said this, but when when you like if I have to get up and speak in front of a lot of people, it's not hard for me, but it's hard for some. Yeah. And you, you have to look out there and say to yourself, Well, I'm gonna imagine all these people sitting there, you know, in their underwear. Yeah. Um, yeah. that you know, just kind of Take them down. Make it funny. Yeah, Make yourself yeah. laugh inside first, and it kind of you know takes all that stress away and helps you understand that uh, you know underneath that power suit is just another man or just another woman. And I think it, I think it depends too. You know, is, is this your job or is this your career? Mm-hmm. Is this what you're passionate about? Is this what you really want to do? I mean, we spoke about right. passion, and mm-hmm. and you know, my own book was about waking up to your passion in midlife. Because I think it's it's the time that we emerge um, to become our true selves, and right. and so I'm not surprised that you know the day that you walked out and said, okay, that's it. Now I'm going to yeah. do what I'm really supposed to do. Right. Because we often get so caught up in the work that we do, we don't hear the message. That, exactly, exactly. We we're not yeah we're not getting the message. Um, we're just so busy trying to fix the problem. Yeah. You know that we're not getting the message and. Um, you know, I just thought this is probably a good time I to throw out a, a few of the top ten signs that you're in the wrong job. Yeah, great. It, it'll, you know, it'll help people um, realize that they need to ask themselves these questions, okay, truthfully. And uh, I'll just start right from the top. Yeah, you, please. You, know, you wake up every morning with a knot in the pit of your stomach just thinking about going to work. Yeah. I mean that you can't get a bigger red flag. You're popping tons all the way to work. Mm-hmm. You are so stressed out over your job that you can't sleep at night. So you can't stop the noise in your head. You're having sleepless nights and you're not functioning well during the day. That's no good. You have to be able to, you know, shut it all down. And if you can't shut it down because something is terribly wrong. You know, that's a sure sign that you've got to make a change. Yeah. You don't look forward to Mondays. That's my favorite expression because, and it's been argued by some. Here's the reason why I wrote that. Um, once I started my coaching career, I was talking to a prospective client, and I made 
this statement that once I got into coaching and started working with people, that I realized that I absolutely looked forward to Mondays. It just came out of my mouth. And I sat there like, huh, <laughs> I yeah. look forward to Mondays. It's like I just want to get through the weekend to get to Monday. Isn't that especially, great? Yeah, especially when I was writing my book. So that's why I put in there, you do not look forward to Mondays. Many people don't. And the reason why they don't is because they, they're either lazy, they don't want to work, or they don't mm-hmm. like their job. Yeah. And we'd all would rather stick to the weekends and, you know, do other things. But in reality, we need to have a career to make money so we can go on living. And you might as well be doing something you like. So you don't have that hesitation every Monday. Um, the fourth one is your dream job or career is still just a dream and not yet a reality. Mm-hmm. And many of us do, some people do that their entire life. Yeah. And, you know, and the dream job never becomes a reality. Um, you find yourself staring out the window, emailing and texting friends and surfing the net at work because you don't want to address the work in front of you. How many people have you known? Yeah, well, if you're not a procrastinator, this is not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. I don't say, oh, I'm just yeah, going to, yeah. you know, I'm just going to surf. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, screw it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what, I deserve to just take it easy. And, yeah. um, you know, whatever. It's just like, okay, there's no devotion there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's see, six, you feel unappreciated by your employer. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that is a good sign for you. Yeah. You feel like you are just one fish in a sea of many. All right, so you you don't fit in, you know, you you can't you can't get into the cliques, you're not accepted. This is not a fun place to be. Why would you want to go there? Yeah. You know, I mean, really, who it's it's like if you hate the dentist, would you look forward to going there? No. Right. So, you know, because you think okay, pain. Yeah, pain. exactly. Hurt. Pain. Yeah, 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 pain. Uh, you feel uh, so you don't feel valued. Okay, and and your values may not be in alignment with the corporation. And mm. you know, a lot of times companies, you know, they have a mission and a vision statement, and and they don't walk their mission and vision. And if you are, you feel, wow, I really love working for this. You know, I love the idea of this, but your company isn't in alignment, and it's going to be really hard for you to be to. So that's that's another you know thing to think about. Can I do this? Is this part of my value system? Right, exactly. And and if it's not, if it's totally again, you gotta go. You, know, you gotta, you gotta go. go. You gotta get out there because you will never have those perfect nights of sleep. You know where you can wake up feeling good about yourself. You need mm-hmm. to feel good about what you're doing um, every time you go to work. Um, mm-hmm. You feel abused and overworked. Well, yeah, because number one, you're probably allowing yourself to be used. Mm-hmm. Like the one we talked about before, the gal who just had to answer the cell phone every time it went off. Yeah. Okay. Well, because she's scared. But and you know when you're assertive, um, people back off. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's a way to do it without being rude. And right. you know, you stand up for yourself, and people can respect that. <laughs> they go, Oh, oh absolutely. okay. <laughs> you have to set the boundaries. There are boundaries in mm-hmm. relationships. There are boundaries in relationships at work. Yeah. And there's boundaries with your with your workplace. So you need to set that up from day one. Stop trying to impress them by working too many hours. Stop trying to impress them by emailing them in the middle of the night or at you know, four AM yeah. because you can't sleep. No. 
because guess what? There's going to be somebody else out there just like you. <laughs> and yeah. they're going to be emailing you back and then expecting a response. I love I number was, 10. Let's talk about number 10. Yeah, so we don't have that too much time. <laughs> I want to finish. <laughs> yep, get, get all number 10 because this is, this is where it ends, got people. You have to take medication for stress and anxiety since you started this job. Yeah, okay. so you need a bigger clue. <laughs> right, right. It's so like, you know, right for you. Yeah, yeah, you don't need a bigger clue than that. When you start having prescription drugs popped, you know, <laughs> because yeah. so you can handle your job, this is not working well. Okay, you're you're ruining yourself. And, and we can laugh ourselves to death about this, but you know what? Honestly, you are going to shorten your lifespan. You are going to create other problems health-wise for yourself. And it's not just feeling the stress and anxiety, okay? I mean, it's going to be, you're going to take that all home to your wife and your children or your husband or whoever it is. Um, it's going to affect other people, but it's not good for your heart, okay? It's not good for your mind. It's just not good for your overall body and the way it's functioning. Um, you're, you're going to hurt your health. Susan, let's let's really we only got a couple of minutes. Let's tell folks first of all how to find you. Oh, how to find me? Okay, uh, my website is www.future-endeavors e n d e a v o r s dot net. Beautiful. Your the book, um, your latest book, Defining Moments: The Gathering of Women's Journeys. Um, yes. What's going on with that? That is being pitched to the publisher as we speak, and I'm, I'm praying for some good feedback. Uh, one way or the other, it's coming out in 2010, chock-filled with stories from women who have gone on amazing journeys and have written about them, um, have survived everything from abuse to cancer to car accidents they should never have lived through. Uh, it is going to be a book that's really going to inspire and encourage and uplift a lot of men and women, uh, but specifically these are women, and um, it, it's powerful. It, it's wow. really going to be a powerful book. At the end of it, um, all of the uh, contributing writers have answered the question, if life offered you a do-over, what would you change about your life? And I think everybody needs to ask themselves that question. I'm yeah. getting the most profound answers. Wow. I, I really am. You know, people And I answered that in your book. So buy her book. Buy her book. <laughs> Frankie had to say. <laughs> you keep, keep an eyeball on my website because right now you can buy the last box to that, my website or um, authorsden.com. But as soon as the, um, this, this second book comes out into publication, it will be on my website. It will tell you or take you right to where you can go to buy it. And Stepping Stones for Success uh, will be in publication this month. So I'm hoping by January that that will be on my website and will take you to the Author's Den link as well. So, uh, and again, there's another great book with some wonderful co-authors that I am very pleased and blessed to have been a part of. Um, So if you want to find out uh, from the experts sharing strategies uh, for mastering business, and a life and relationships that would be the book. Fantastic. You've been listening to Susan Ray Baker. She's been my guest this evening on Mission Unstoppable Radio. Again, have yourself a very happy, safe holiday season, and we will see you back in 2010. Susan, thanks so much for being my guest this evening. You've been great.
Thank you. Thank you so much. It was an absolute joy, Frankie, really. <laughs> Thanks. Take care, everybody, wherever you are in the day, you know, in the world, night or day. We love you, and we'll see you in the new year. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Susan. Bye-bye.